Welcome this morning. It's good to see some guests from out of town that uh, have come to be a part of our service, and as well, many of you. Last Sunday was an exciting day. How many were part of the prayer walk that we did this last Sunday? We had a great, I mean, a phenomenal turnout. In fact, there's some people that were at the prayer walk that didn't make it this morning, but we were blessed. We had five different teams, one that stayed at the building and kind of walked around the building, but went in every direction from north to south, the east to west, and it was a beautiful day to do a prayer walk. And, you know, I felt like God speaks so clearly on that day that he's just breathing life on that community in Old Town Scottsdale where we're going to be worshiping him and setting up our church. And it was really powerful. And then many of you have come up this morning saying, you know what, Pastor Dane, I do, can we end the fast today? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> this is the day to do it. And uh, Christine had said, you know, I, I fasted lunch every day. I fasted caffeine. I think that was the hardest for a lot of people. And sweets and just different kinds of fasts. And it was so productive and, and, uh, and so exciting to be able to just take that extra time and to pray and to seek the Lord and, and just to see what God is saying and what he is doing. How many know God is always speaking, but we're not always listening? You know, he's always speaking and giving such a, a fresh word, but I'm so encouraged this morning that I know that the breath of God is so life-giving. In Genesis, where he breathed on man and man became a living soul, it was the breath of God that Jesus, when he blew on the disciples and said, receive the Holy Spirit. There's something very powerful about that. God is breathing on this church. God is breathing on your life and your family, but God is also bringing on Old Town where we're getting the building prepared to move into. Uh, Bridget and I are there almost every day. I'm getting really making a friendship with the dumpster behind the building, just like I did at the other building. It just seems to be Bridget and I's favorite place, you know, demolition, put in the dumpster, and all that kind of thing. And but we're excited. The plumber and the framer are coming in this week, and they're going to start putting some walls up and putting some plumbing in. And we don't have uh, the final per yet, permit yet, but we have a demo permit, and we can do some of the work. And so we're still praying for to get through all the stages with the city, but we're moving forward, and we are just so excited, as many of you are, uh, to go to the place where we know that God has called us to be, to make an impact on this city and this region where the Lord is going to let church place just thrive and grow, and, and uh, so we're thrilled. We're laying foundations, amen? Uh, the beginning of the year is a lot like that. It's a lot like laying foundations, which is important because we're building on a foundation that's going to last for generations. That's why foundations are so important and that we, we do it right and we, we pray, we trust the Lord, we take steps of faith. And there's something about when you cross a, a threshold or you go through a door physically or you go into something brand new that presents itself is really a thrilling experience. But yet, for a lot of believers, I think there's hesitation to cross a threshold. It's like, you know, I'm comfortable, I'm doing good. Why do I need to start a new journey? Why do I need to cross over into something that is different? And my message this morning is about that. And our theme for this coming year of 2017 is not to ever use that word impossible, but as Josh said earlier, is God possible? This is a God possible scenario and situation. And I think that the children of Israel is such a great example of wandering around for 40 years in the wilderness just trying to uh, get it right with the Lord. I mean, they, they were just tripping up during that 40 years and trying to just figure out their faith. How do I walk this thing out? How do I take this journey? The Lord said that we're going to go into a land that's 
flowing with milk and honey. It's going to be so great. We've told our children about this, and we've dreamed about this, but how do we get to this promised land? And what I have found, and I think for every believer that is sitting here this morning, that before every promise is fulfilled in our life, it's almost like there's a Jordan River in front of us that's impossible to get a couple million people across this. It's, it's flood stages. It's wide. It's broad. It's vast. How are we going to get across that? And we stand there, and we're looking at the river that we need to cross, wondering this is an impossible situation. But God specializes in that, and I think that that really is the, the faith path that all of us get on before we really cross over into our destiny as a believer and into the things that God has for us. It's like, I want to show you my power. I want to show you that you don't have to do this on your own. I'm going to part the river for you so that you can cross over and enter into the promise and the vision and the dream that I have given you. And in my life, I could just share a multitude of stories where I'm like at a Jordan River experience thinking, God, this is impossible. And the Lord is like, I know that's why I'm in charge here. Amen? Aren't you glad God's in charge? If I was in charge, it would be such a mess. And you know, many of you come from a background where it's like, my life was such a mess before I came to Jesus. But God just specializes in taking a mess of our life and putting pieces back together. And that's why I'm so grateful to the Lord this morning. And God's like, I specialize in this. Let me part this. I parted the Red Sea. Don't you think I can part a little river like this for you? And how often we forget what God has done for us. When I look back on my life, and when you look back on your life and think of the testimony that, that you have as a believer, if you're here this morning and know Jesus, and you realize that God put so many pieces of my life back together, and he's still doing that process. And I want to say this morning that God's vision is always bigger than your vision and my vision. He has such a, a huge vision for our life and so many promises and and, and prosperous things that he wants to fill our life with, but it's like he wants us to do it in faith. He wants us to believe. He wants us to realize that he's in control. He's the one that can part the river and take us across, and it's when all the people cross the Jordan that they cross that threshold that I believe that Church Place has done this morning, that we have crossed a threshold church. It's not just the moving of one building to another building, but there's a spiritual threshold. It's like, well, will you obey me? Will you cross over and, and step into this? And some of you are contemplating the vision and the dream that God's given you for 2017. And I'm just going to say to you that you'll come to an impossible circumstance or obstacle, and that's your Jordan River. The Lord is saying that you don't have to do this alone, but you've got to get your eyes off of the obstacle, what is impossible, and say, God, I'm trusting you to intervene on my behalf in this situation. And when God parts the river, when God parts the Red Sea, there's, there's a surge of faith that happens in our life. Okay, I'm going to go grab my destiny. I'm going to possess and claim the promises that God has had for my life. And I can't begin to tell you how many times in my life it's like Bridget and I would get a vision, a promise from the Lord, but it's like we just lingered on the banks of the river for so long. It's like we're thinking about it. Well, let me pray about this. And, you know, we think about it, and the Lord's like, okay, I'm ready when you're ready. And we just kind of linger there much longer than we really have to linger because of fear, because of doubt. It's like, what if he doesn't do it? What if I drown in this thing? You know, what if it doesn't work out? And all those questions go through our mind. But God's just like, I want you just to step out in faith. And this is a year where we proclaim and we say to our obstacles and our situations, it's a God possible situation. Amen? It's God possible. 
And that's just not to pump you up here this morning, but there needs to be a surge in our faith here today in 2017. Yes, we're moving to a new building. We've crossed the threshold. We can't go back to the old building. They're starting to demo, and I'm sorry, but it's, we can't go back. We got to go forward. And we're right on the verge. We've crossed the threshold. The building's being prepared. And there needs to be just a real dedication and commitment and a tenacity of our faith that it's God possible, it's God possible. And we continue to move forward that we're going to claim the promise and the destiny that God has spoken to us for the last couple of years. For your life personally as well. There's things that God is speaking to you. And the Lord, I think, would say this morning, I don't want you to be on hold anymore. Don't put your destiny on hold, but begin to step out and let me part this obstacle, this Jordan River in your life. Turn with me to Joshua chapter 4, and I want to read these verses. And I want this chapter, this entire chapter, to permeate your spirit this morning. I want you to read it again when you go home, maybe tonight or through this week. I want Joshua chapter 4 to really permeate your heart and your thinking. So it's an example to you of what God can not only do for them, thousands of years ago, but what God can do for your life personally, what he can do for church place. This is an important word of the Lord. And when all the people cross the Jordan, here's when things begin to really happen. It's like when they actually cross, the Lord said, now choose 12 men, one from each tribe, and tell them, take these 12 stones from the place the priests are standing and carry them out and pile them up in the place where you will camp tonight. And I just want to say that God is in the middle of this situation. So Joshua called together and in this verse, and the men he had chosen from each tribe, and he told them, go to the middle of the Jordan in front of the ark of the Lord your God. And I want to proclaim to you that God is in the middle of your circumstance. God is in the middle of your situation. God is in the middle of your obstacle and everything. You can say God possible because he's in the middle, just like he was in the middle of the Jordan during this moment of history. Says in verse 7, you can tell them it will remind that the Jordan River stopped flowing when the ark of the Lord's covenant went across, and these stones will stand as a memorial among the people of Israel forever. That people will remember what God has done. We'll look back on this moment. We'll remember what God did since we have crossed this threshold and crossed over. We'll share stories with our children and our grandchildren and future generations when Church Place was in the transition and crossed more than one Jordan River. Believe me, we have crossed many rivers. Some of us have done that the last couple of years. And I want to be able to testify to future generations that we serve such a great God, such a faithful God. In verse number 8, he did as they commanded. They took 12 stones and from each tribe, and they carried him to this place and camped for the night. They constructed that memorial there, and Joshua set up another pile of stones in the middle of the Jordan. They're there to this day, it says. And in verse 10, the priests who were carrying the ark, they stood in the middle of the river until all the Lord's commands that Moses had given Joshua were carried out. And meanwhile, the people hurried across the riverbed, and everyone was safely on the other side. And the priests crossed over with the ark as the people watched. And the armed warriors from the tribes of Reuben and Gad and the half-tribe of Manasseh led the Israelites across the Jordan, just as Moses had directed. And these armed men, 40,000 strong, they're ready for battle. The Lord was with them as they crossed to the plains of Jericho. If you've ever been 
to Israel. You can go to Jericho in the Jordan. You can see from the Jordan River Jericho at a distance. It's, it's so close to the Jordan River. Their first battle, their first possession, the first place of great victory that God was calling them to. They say Jericho is the oldest city in the world. And it's interesting that one thing we always don't fully appreciate and realize that when we cross a threshold, we cross over into something in our faith, it's like the promise is not it's such a far distance that we can't see it, we can't taste it, we can't possess it. It's just like it's so close. And that's a word for many of you here this morning. You're, you're like right there. You're, you're so close. And I want you to really be inspired this morning of how close that we really are. And, and that day in verse 14, that Joshua, this great leader in the eyes of Israel, and for the rest of the, his life, they revered him as much as they did Moses. And the Lord said to Joshua, command the priest carrying the ark, come up out of the riverbed. And so they did that. And as soon as the priest carrying the ark of the Lord's coming came out of the riverbed, their feet were on high ground. The water of the Jordan returned and overflowed its banks as before. It was at flood stage. It was dangerous. And then God brought him across safely on the 10th day of the first of the month. I think it's significant. This is January of 2017. We've crossed the threshold. We've come through a river, and we're moving forward. Yeah, there are going to be Jerichos. There's going to be battles this year. There's going to be encounters where the enemy's going to try to push back. But God has promised. God has prophesied. God has said, this land is yours. This place where I'm calling you, where church place is going to be reestablished on a new foundation. God is already breathing on that community. We're praying and believing for that. And we're going to see transformations. We're going to see lives change because the breath of God is blowing on Old Town Scottsdale. Somebody say amen. The Lord has declared that. And your lives as well, and the people, they cross over in verse 21. He said to Israel, so in the future, your children ask, what do these stones mean? And you can tell them this is where the Israelites crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the river right before their eyes and kept it dry. And he did this. So all the nations of the earth might know that the Lord's hand is powerful, and you will fear the Lord your God forever. The title of my message after this lengthy introduction is All Systems Are Go. Amen? I love, that, um, I love that idiom that is used with NASA. When I was a kid, and I remember some of those launches that, that took place, and I mean, they were historical for the United States of America, and people going to space and to the moon and all of those things, and it was always so exciting. It's like something was, was the anticipation when the pilot in that rocket would say, all systems are go. And then some buttons would be pushed, and then, you know, the acceleration of the rocket end up coming out, and then it begins to lift off. We call this a pre-launch service. We're getting ready to launch the church in a new direction, a new place, a new foundation. This is a pre-launch, but I can say to you here this morning, all systems are go, hallelujah. All systems are go in your life. If you've fortified your faith and you're hearing what God is saying, and even a Jordan River won't stop you, no obstacle in your way that God can't remove it. God has said right in the middle of your Jordan, of where you're at, all systems are go. He's waiting for you to push the button of faith and say, God, I'm ready to launch in my life in 2017. God, I want to claim every promise. I want to claim everything that you have for me 
even in the midst of all the opposition and the things that I deal with, Lord, I want that for my life. So there's many students here. God has incredible promises to be fulfilled for you in school. You're not there just to study. You're there to be an, make an impact and to have ministry to impact other students, those who are working and young professionals here, even those who are retired. This is a year of God saying, I don't want you to sit at the riverbank just looking at this obstacle, but I want you to cross over and begin to claim the promise and everything that I have for you. God wants to use everybody in this room, and we're all going to have to join together in unity to cross over and begin to take the land and the promises that God has for us in this place. And so that's what the Lord is saying today. And it's important that we understand that all systems are go. I can declare that to you. And that's the title here this morning. Your systems are ready. God's put the systems together. And I love that idiom that is used. And it's an American idiom. All systems are go. In other words, push the button, let's go. It's time. And I want you to look at five different, very quickly, of the core values of our church. You can see it on churchplace.com, on our website. It talks about just who we are. Let me just give you a refresher of these five things because it's such an important part of the culture of our church, of who we are. The first one of the system, that number one that I want to speak about, it's called accessible. And we believe that Church Place believes that all people have access to God and community. That's the first one. Just accessible. I want people, when they come to our building, they feel like that they have access to God and access to the community of God where they, they feel loved, they feel welcomed. It doesn't matter where they come from. It doesn't matter their cultural background. That yeah, it, it's an inclusive principle that God has instituted in his word. He's an inclusive God. He loves everybody. He doesn't want anybody to perish, but everybody to enjoy this prosperous kingdom that he has created. And it just takes a step of faith. And when you gave your heart to Christ, you basically said, I'm crossing over. I'm leaving my past behind. That's what we do when we repent. It's like I put it all behind me and I'm stepping into a new life and we become born again. Why do we do that? Because we understood and we believe that God is an accessible God. That anybody can come to him no matter what your background is. I've heard so many times people say, if I walked into the doors, through the doors of the church, the, the ceiling would probably cave in. I have so much baggage in my life. But that's what God loves. He wants to, you know, just save people and minister to them and transform them accessible. We believe all people have access to God and community. That's a big part of who we are. That's system number one. It's in place. All systems are go. In verse number one of chapter four, all the people crossed the Jordan. And then in 19, the people crossed the Jordan on the 10th day of the first of the month. We have access and God has opened the door and now we're moving forward. System number two is relational. Accessible ministry, but a relational ministry, church place believes the kingdom of God is built on relationship. In verses 2 and 3, they chose 12 men, one from each tribe. It's interesting that Moses didn't exclude any tribe, but it's like, I need somebody representing every tribe, every group in the church. A church should be multi-generational, where there's a reputation, representation of every age group. There's, no, there's not any one more important than the other, but God deems every tribe important and valuable, and, and they have a place in the ministry of the church and in the kingdom, and it's so special that we're a relation, that we love everybody in every age group, and we want to be, and we are a relational church, that really the growth of this church hasn't been through anything 
much more than just relationship, inviting people. And, and it's, that's really been the crux of who we are as being a relational and a loving church. The kingdom of God is built on relationship. When I think of relationship, and especially in the discipleship mode, I just have three concepts that I always apply in a discipleship center. Some of you know because you've, you know, you've met with me personally and I've shared this with you about discipleship and relationship. Is The first thing that I think is so important in a relationship is that we believe in people. We believe in their future potential. Bridget and I are always having discussions like, this is an amazing diamond in the rough. Yeah, it's got rough edges and all that, but look at this. This is a potential shining diamond that's going to make such an impact in the church and in the kingdom of God. And we love taking diamonds in the rough, and we always begin just by the mere statement that I believe in you. God believes in you. We don't hear that enough. Some of you grew up in homes where your parents maybe didn't tell you that they believed in you, and that's all you needed to hear. I've been a part of sports teams or coaches where it's like, I believe you can do more. I believe you can do this. And you know what? They made me believe I could. There's just something about when you verbalize that in a relationship. Husband and wife, it's like, honey, I believe in you. You can do this by God's grace and by God's power. Secondly, we build up each other. The Bible is so explicit about relationships that one of our main jobs in relationship in the kingdom and in the, in the community that we have is we need to encourage and build each other up. Amen? I mean, we get tore down every week. There's negative words. There's put-downs. The things that we experience, people are, are critical. People are judgmental. But the church, man, it's got to be a place where we just build each other up, not flattering people at all, but just speaking truth to people and building them up, how they look and how they are, their future, and building them. I think that Jesus was such a master at this, of building people and bringing out the potential in the kingdom of their lives. You can see it with the disciples. And then finally, in that relationship that we build, it's we break each other's box. What I mean by that is, is that we, you can say to a mountain and speak to it, be thou removed, that there's an element of faith that's in every individual, a measure of faith that God has given. And it's like, you know, let me break your box. You need to step out of your comfort zone. You need to begin to step into things that are not comfortable for you and break your box and, and get out of that and just see what God will do. Well, pastor, what if I fail? Well, I can just say from experience, many times I've stepped out of my box and, and I failed. But does it mean I don't do it again? No, I keep doing it. I keep stepping out. And there's going to come a point when as I keep stepping out that God is going to give me the breakthrough that I desire. And we need to encourage each other. Don't stay in your comfort zone. Break the box in that relationship. System number three is important as well. We're missional. I mean, we're We're missional. Church Place is reaching the local and global marketplace with the gospel. Church Place, the name is because we want to be a church in the marketplace. That, that's been the vision and the goal is to be right in the heart of the city and the marketplace and to reach the people in the marketplace globally and locally uh, with the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's a part of the mission of who we are. So I was out there with my friend, the dumpster. It's a new, it's a smaller dumpster, which is good. <laughs> I was back there throwing stuff in it yesterday, and the neighbor from behind the building there came out, and I thought, oh, I get to, I haven't met any of the neighbors yet, and he came out, and I said, hi, I'm your new neighbor, and he had just this real thick accent, and he began to talk to me, very nice man, he, and he owns a, a rug shop right behind us there, like the really exotic rugs, 
And he sounded like a man in our church. I thought, I've heard this, I'm familiar with this accent. I think it's, he's Persian. And sure enough, he was from Iran. He's sharing how he came to ASU. And then everything just broke loose in Iran. He couldn't go back. And he settled here and started this business. And he goes, well, what do you do? What do you, what's this building going to be? And I told him what we're doing. And he said, oh, you're a God man. I've never heard that before. You're a God man. He says, well, I just want you to know because you're a God man. It was just almost like this. He says, you are welcome in my building anytime because you're a God man. It was so sweet. It was just really cool. And I'm like, can I bring my wife to over? He goes, yeah, bring your wife over. And, uh, and then, of course, he's a businessman. And if you have any rugs that need repairing or cleaning like that, bring them to you like that. It was so cool. And I'm thinking, this is what we're here for. He has no idea that God's beginning to breathe already on this place and in this area, you know, and what God is going to do. But those are the opportunities that God is going to give us as a missional church. In verses number 12 and 13, there are armed warriors, 40,000 of them. It represents this army, these warriors. And I look at that in the church as possessors, those that's like, Pastor, I'm going to go claim the promise. Pastor, I'm going to pray. I'm going to intercede and go to, to battle spiritual warfare against the enemy. Pastor, I'm going to be a worshiper as we did this morning. The worshipers are armed warriors because we know that the presence of God changes an atmosphere and it creates a platform of the miraculous to begin to happen in our lives. That's why worship is important in our private life as well as our public life as well. These are what is represented as the armed warriors. You're armed to go to battle, whether you realize it or not, with prayer and the word and our witness and all these areas that everybody's called to be a warrior and a part of this mission that God has given us. And then system number four. We're an honorable church. It's so important to be an honorable church. Church place honors God, leadership, and community. We honor God, leadership, and community. In verse number 14, Joshua was made the leader in the eyes of the Israelites, and the rest of his life they revered or they honored him as much as they honored Moses. It's interesting that honor isn't just present tense in the Bible, but there's an important facet of honor that we honor those that came before us. It's important to realize that, that somebody broke open this hard ground and planted a seed as a missionary. I understand that when I've gone into different fields and seed where there's churches that are prospering, and then I hear the stories, but, but Pastor Dana, you got to remember that 30, 40 years ago when a missionary came here, there wasn't one soul that knew Christ, and they came in and they labored and they prayed, and for many years, there was no fruit. There was no salvation, and, you know, and there was such discouragement, but finally there came a point as they're breaking up in that ground, just preaching faithfully the gospel, and the seeds are beginning to germinate and grow, and then all of a sudden, miracles began to happen, and people came to Christ. And now look at this church, but somebody paid a price, and we honor those people that paid the price before us. I am indebted to my parents. I honor my parents and even my grandparents, my grandmother, that many times when I was a little kid, uh, I would remember my grandmother, who was a real warrior, would go into her bedroom, and, and she would be on her knees, and she was one of those Pentecostal prayer warriors that it was what my brothers and I used to say, she was like groaning. I was like, ah, and we were just looking at her like, what was that? <laughs> you know, 
I, you know, but she was just like wailing in prayer, you know, for her family and for her husband who she was married to for 50 years that just hated the things of God and hated the church. And ultimately, after 50 years, he got saved because of my grandmother's groaning in the spirit and intercession. I'll never forget it. And I honor that. It's because of her and previous generations that I'm here today. This is important, the honor that we give today, the honor that we give to the church, our leaders, our church, the people that walk through the door, that they are God's creation. We honor them and we tell them we're honored that you're here today to worship with us in this place. Honor goes a long ways. And system number five transformational. Church Place believes in the life-changing power of Jesus Christ. When we gather together in a place like this, and we just worship, and we know that Jesus is here, we enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise, and we begin to just realize that there is a, um, a presence, an anointing, and we know that Jesus is speaking and touching hearts, and I am so grateful this morning that God is continually working on me. You know what? I'm a project, you know, being shaped and molded by Jesus just like you. God is still transforming me. He's transforming Bridget a lot more than me because she needs it. But, but you know, it's, uh, it's great to have the pulpit and the mic when you can say things like that. And she just has to sit there, you know. I, it's like, but he's transforming. And that's one of the things I love about Jesus is like, you know, God can transform that. I mean, we can criticize and judge and put down, you know, and a lot of that. We can look at the government situation and the politics that's been so nasty in the past year. But all I can say is that, you know what? Jesus can step into the room. He can step into the White House. He can transform lives and hearts and minds. And, you know, that's where we put our trust is, is the power of the gospel is just being transformational. And when I was an eight-year-old boy and I walked down that Phoenix Coliseum there on Grand Avenue, I knew in my heart when I walked down and gave my life to Christ and, and we experienced his presence that there was going to be a transformation. And there was a transformation that took place as an eight-year-old boy that I'm so grateful for. And it's just been every year. It's just like God's transforming more and more in my faith. And he's giving me bigger rivers to cross and greater thresholds to go through and inspiring my faith. And when I see that, I realize that I can't hold back. God has proven to me there's memorials of my life. There's memorials of your life here this morning. Look back when you got saved saved and how far that you have come and look at the memorials the moments when there was transformation and something shifted and changed in your life we look back and say you know what i can tell my children and my grandchildren we serve a faithful god we serve a god who is with us and he's going to continue to transform this church in your life and our future we're going to face those jordan obstacles as we go into the new building in a few short months i realize that's going to happen but we need to remind ourselves that he is a transformational God and he will make a way. He will divinely show up in divine appointments in our scenarios and, and circumstances and obstacles and God will just speak. Let me do the work. I just want you to cross over in faith and I want you to go in and possess the land and the promise that I've given you because 2017 is full of promise. It's full of hope. It's full of exciting things and I don't just say that nonchalantly but it's true for your life here this morning. Wherever you're at, God has brought you to a place where you are significant in his kingdom. 
these promises aren't just for this group or this group or somebody else that maybe you think has a greater uh, faith than you do. But God looks at you and he says, I believe in you. I'm going to build your faith. But son, daughter, I'm going to break your box this year. You're, I want you to step out and make some bold decisions. I don't want you camped out on the riverside anymore. I want you to cross over and go into the promise that I have given you and begin to possess those dreams and those visions so that you can taste the milk and the honey that I have promised you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. As our worship team comes this morning, would you bow your hearts with me? Father, we thank you so much for just your word and the stories that have come before us this morning, Lord, and the great things that you have done. And, and Lord, we look back over the past few years at Church Place, and we realize, Lord, that there's been some, some Jordan experiences. For God, if you didn't just step in and say, I'm going to part both sides of this river and hold back the waters so that you can cross over to what I've called you to do, and so, Lord, that we can look back and remember that, you know what? That was God. That was Jesus that stepped into that. And, Lord, we're humbled this morning. We realize, Lord, that we cannot make it without you. And I love that, God, because I, every time I try to do it myself, it, I just mess things up. <laughs> God, I trust you. I trust you this morning. And I pray as, our, as we bow our hearts and close our eyes this morning that we would just maybe say that prayer just for a moment. Lord, I, I trust you. Can you just say that with me? Lord, I trust you. I trust you. Thank you, Jesus. Would you stand with me this morning? I'd like to make an invitation for just a moment. And we are going to worship the Lord with our singing.